Welcome to This is Peace, the podcast of Peace Baptist Church located in Decatur, Georgia. On This is Peace, we're sharing all things peace, sermons, devotions, inspiration, and conversations at the intersection of faith and culture. At Peace Baptist Church, our mission is to make disciples and meet needs. Our number one goal is to help you seek, serve, and share God. Let's jump into today's episode. One of the hardest things to deal with is the issue of pain in your life inflicted upon you when someone hurts you, when someone offends you, when someone wrongs you, amen. And you have to learn how to forgive and how to get, how to be able to move forward. And it's especially difficult when that person's in your home, that person's in your family. Can you say amen, somebody? I heard Peter, Peter said, Lord, how many times am I supposed to forgive my brother? He said, my brother. You know why he said my brother? Because he was talking about his brother Andrew. Amen. One of the disciples, one of the great, but, but his brother, he said, my brother. It's not just somebody out there in the world, because the hardest people to forgive sometimes are the folk who you know the most, who you know, uh, who know you the most as well. Amen. And those sometimes are family relationships that are very difficult. And so in this series that we're in on the flex factor, you're going to have to be flexible amen, and bendable, if you would, without breaking, to be able to forgive people. So today, we're going to talk about forgiveness. We're going to talk about you letting it go and knowing how to build that connection once again. We'll talk more about the connection that needs to be reestablished next week, but in our ongoing drama that we have, and Erica's done a great job writing this script, really tugging on the real issues that people have, uh, have in their relationship. We have one couple who has been married for a number of years and at the point of divorce, another couple who's just been, um, you know, uh, living together, uh, have a child. And last you saw two weeks ago, they were willing and they were looking to do what? Break up. Amen. And so sometimes there's a lot of animosity when you're uh, in these situations that are what I call sticky situations. And so uh, if you would uh, join me in prayer and we're going to watch the next episode of our ongoing drama. And then Pastor E is going to come and, uh, and give us a word to, to let us know, amen, how we need to forgive, amen, and why we need to forgive, amen. And I'm going to come back and help you with ways that you can forgive and, and I'm going to end it with, you would, the benefits of forgiving that takes place when we're able to do that. We can make the right connections with one another and have all that God has called us to have. Father, we pray you bless this time today. Thank you for your love, your grace. Thank you for your peace and your power, your protection. And Lord, we've already said for your presence. And we ask you to bless now your word. Let it not return again void, but accomplish your divine purpose in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's children said amen and amen. Turn your attention to this screen and then Pastor E will be right back with you. God bless you. So, Iman, um, a lot has happened since the last time we spoke to you. You and Darius have officially gone your separate ways, right? Yeah, we have. Thank you for co-parenting for a while now. How's that going? Not bad, I guess. Um, Darius and I speak to each other regularly, of course, because of DJ. I'm trying to keep things as normal and healthy as I can for him. But I never imagined or wanted our son to grow up in a house where his mother and father were not together, but here we are. I'm just trying to make it worse 
as best I can. And if nothing else, Darius is a good dad. There isn't anything he wouldn't do for that little boy. And, and what about you? Handling everything, how do you feel? I'm doing as best I can. You know, moving on, just working and taking care of DJ. And as far as how I'm feeling, honestly, I don't know. There's a small part of me that knows that we waited too long to separate, but there's another part of me that didn't want to fail. I didn't want to quit. Even when everything was miserable, I didn't want to walk away. Even when it was hurting and unhealthy, I couldn't quit. My parents didn't quit. My siblings are still with their significant others. And now look at me. I'm a failure. And how does that make you feel? Angry. Angry at him. Angry at myself. Why couldn't we make this work? Our son deserved better. Our families deserve better. I deserve better. And I get it. Not everything is gonna work out, but how did this end up being our story? My story? And how did I get this far into this? Nearly eight years for it to end like this? And how did I keep convincing myself again and again that everything would work out when I knew that it wouldn't. And now here we are. And he can move on and be happy and start a new life with someone else. And I'm just... You're just what? I'm just stuck. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Have you forgiven Darius? I guess you want me to tell the truth, right? Well, then I'd have to say no. I'd love to say that I've sat with all of this and really forgiven Darius and that I'm good. But that would be a lie. I'm just so angry. I don't know what to do with myself. I don't understand why all this is happening to me. Why he didn't fight harder. And I keep asking if he ever really loved me. And does he even know what love looks like? And every day, I have to wake up with this relationship. Especially the negative parts over the last two years replaying in my mind. It's like I'm in a bad dream and I can't wake up. And maybe forgiveness would help with some of that, but that just seems too easy. Forgive him and let it go? No. And can I be brutally honest? I know this sounds awful, but I want him to be miserable like me. I'm the one that has to pretend like I'm okay to the world. Be friendly with him when we're together. When I'm so angry, all I want to do is scream. And the crazy part is, 
there is still a part of me that is madly in love with him. And then there are days that I wish I had never met him. And the best part of being with him is my son. Meanwhile, it seems like he's just moved on and living his best life and flourishing. And how is that fair? He's the one that left. He's the one that quit. He is the one that should be suffering. He should be the one that is miserable while I'm happy and starting a new life. But I'm over here pretending. Stuck. And who exactly do you think you're punishing by refusal to forgive? Myself, I guess. But refusing to forgive him, let him off the hook, how is that fair to me? Well, who said life is fair? But is refusing to forgive him and even yourself fair to you? What does it do to you, to your heart? No, it's not fair to me. It's not fair of all, at all. None of this is fair. But the thought of doing anything else right now is just, it's just daunting. And I'm scared. I'm scared of what happens next. How do I forgive him? And, and then what happens? What happens to me? I don't know how to do that. And if, if I'm really, if I'm really honest, I've been hanging on to all this pain and anger and loneliness for so long that I don't, I don't know who I would be without it. And I, I want to forgive him. I do. I just, I don't know how to do that. My heart is numb. It is closed for business. And I know that I can't stay this way forever. And I can hear you. I already know what you're going to say. That one day this will all be over and I won't feel this pain. And I'll find someone who loves me the way I deserve to be loved. But right now that just, I can't see my way through to that day. I can't even imagine it. So... I guess for right now, I have to focus on forgiving him and forgiving myself. That just seems impossible. Amen. Forgiving in this moment seems impossible. And has anyone ever been there before? Has anyone ever experienced what she's experienced, felt the way Imani is feeling in this video? Well, listen, the question really is, what do we do when we find ourselves in this position and in this space where forgiving seems impossible? We're going to go ahead and dive into the word today and we're going to head over to the book of Romans because I believe the writer of Romans has some wisdom on this topic of forgiveness today. So come on over to Romans with me, chapter 12, beginning 
at uh, our text today is going to be 14 through 21, but I'm just going to go ahead and pick up at verse 21 so I can give my preaching partner some time today. Amen. And the word of the Lord reads, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I love the New Living Translation of that particular part of the text because it says, don't let evil conquer you. Don't let anger conquer you. Don't let bitterness conquer you. Don't let the pain and the hurt conquer you. Don't let resentment conquer you, but conquer the evil Conquer these things by doing good. And in our video today, Imani left us with the reflection that forgiveness seems impossible at times. It, it's, it's easy to let some small things go, like when someone bumps into you in the checkout line or they accidentally step on your toe. But when they do the imaginable, when they do the unthinkable, when they lie on you, when they abandon you, when they reject you, when they call you out of your name when they're being fake with you when they blame you for something you didn't do when mama does things that mothers should never do when daddy does things that daddy should never do when your siblings betray you when the ones that are supposed to protect you happen to be the very ones that are causing you hurt and pain how do you forgive and where do we begin well Today we'll find out that we'll begin first in, in the journey of forgiving by first understanding why we forgive. And that leads me to the first point that we need to understand is that we need to forgive because Christ has forgiven us. The text says in Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ in Christ God has forgave you and it couldn't be a better Sunday than communion Sunday to talk about forgiveness. This is the day we remember that Christ forgave us, that God forgave us. We remember how he showed his love when we deserve far less than that. He showed kindness and goodness and mercy. And how can we say that we love Jesus if we're not willing to be like him, if we're not willing to love like him, if we're not willing to forgive like him? Can I tell you something? We're all God's children, and he wants the very best for all of us. All have sinned, and none of us are exempt of sin. And it is God's will that we all be delivered, that we all be set free, that we all experience his love and forgiveness. Listen, Jesus would say it like this, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. And if my mama was here, oh, she is here today, she would say that if you live in a glass house, you shouldn't be throwing any bricks what am I trying to say today that we all have flaws we all make mistakes we've all done something perhaps that we need forgiveness of and God has been so gracious and merciful and kind to what forgive us 
And when we set out in a course of life of pleasing God, when we say that we're going to be a follower of him, then we have committed to spread his love. And let me tell you what God's love looks like. It looks like forgiveness. It's a love that betrayed lies. It's a love that endured betrayal and lies and disappointment and pain. It's a love that hung on the cross and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And let me tell you, Jesus knew that those who crucified it knew what they were doing and they did it intentionally. But what he was saying is they think that they're hurting me, but really God, they're hurting you. Really God, they're disappointing you and they have to face you for the offense. And can I encourage somebody today that when people offend you, when people hurt you, when people cause you pain, they've got an answer to our God for the offense. And sometimes we think by withholding forgiveness that we're hurting them. But can I tell you a secret? It's not really a secret because we all know this. But we don't forgive. We don't really hurt the other person. We're only hurting ourselves. And that leads me to my second point is that the reason, the second reason why we need to forgive is because unforgiveness will make us sick and turn us over to torment. I'll say that again. Unforgiveness will make us sick and turn us over to torment. In the book of Matthew 18, Jesus tells this parable about forgiveness. It's a story about a master and a servant. The master forgives the servant of a debt and he releases him. He forgives him of the debt obligation. And you know what he did when that happened? When he received grace and forgiveness, he went out and he found the first person that owed him money and got him sent to jail because he couldn't pay his debt. Let me tell you the audacity of holding someone to a standard that you yourself cannot hold up. Let's go to the text and see what Jesus had to say about this. He says in Matthew 18, beginning at verse 34, in his anger, the master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. He says this, this is how your heavenly father would treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister where from the heart, from the heart. And do you know that this is what happens to us when we hang on to anger, pain, bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness? We become prisoners of those emotions. We end up being tortured by the unforgiveness and the pain that we can't let go of. And when Jesus says let go, he really means let go. He says you have to do it from the heart. Because if we don't forgive from the heart, the unforgiveness will hold us prisoner. It will hold us bondage. And it's going to leave us being tortured. And what does that look like? It looks like sickness. It looks like depression, anxiety, stress, and fear. And y'all, this really is real because studies have shown that when you forgive, it improves your health. When you forgive, it improves your health. Can we help somebody today? Can we help somebody online today? 
Because our prayer today is that you leave here wanting to do the work of forgiveness, wanting to make the choice to forgive. Because, y'all, if we're not really careful, unforgiveness won't only bring sickness to our bodies, but it'll bring sickness to our relationships. It'll affect the quality of our life because we begin to do life through the lens of our hurt and our pain. A few weeks ago, I woke up and I had been talking to God about my life. And I'm like, yeah, God, life is good, but I feel like there's more. And I feel like I can see that there's more and it's it's just right over there. But I keep falling short of getting to it. Y'all want to know what he said back to me? He said, you haven't been able to experience all that I have for you because you're still holding on to the emotional baggage of your past. And can I tell you that hit me so hard because I'm saying like, God, no, I'm good. I forg- I've, I've forgiven them. I've forgiven those people who offended me. He said, no, you didn't. You fake forgot. Y'all know what we do when we fake forgot? We stuff it in the back of our mind. We, we use a coping mechanism so we can just keep going and do our daily tasks. But how many know when you don't truly forgive, when you don't for- truly forgive and heal, it begins to tear us down. It begins to show up as depression and fear and isolation. And you begin to have health issues because of the stress. And trust me, I know I've experienced it for myself. And because I experienced it for myself, I'm here to tell you today what God told me a few weeks ago. That if you're going to become the best version of yourself. If you're going to really experience all that God has for you, you have to let go of the offenses. You have to let go of the bitterness and the resentment and the pain so you can forgive and move forward in your life. And can I tell you that now that I've done that, I feel so much lighter. I feel like I can conquer anything. Because I'm telling you, bitterness weighs us down. And when you allow it to, it places limitations on our life. And we've been talking about boundaries. And here's, here's the connection. When, when you forgive, you're saying, I won't allow you or what you did keep me from living my abundant life. Keep me from living in God's ordained promises for me. Y'all listen, because trying to carry around uh, 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 emotional baggage is like carrying around all these bags that I have up here. You know, these bags represent the hurt, the anger, the bitterness, and the pain. And the problem is this. We We try to carry it around as we're doing life. And it it looks like this. We're trying to walk in our call, but it's a little bit difficult because we're carrying all this stuff. But listen to me. Here's the thing. We've got to remember that we have a God who said, we have Christ who said he would never leave us or forsake us, Minister Stephen. He said that he would never, ever leave us or forsake us. 
Then if we flip over some more, it tells us that we can cast all of our cares on Jesus. Why? Because he cares for us. So let me ask this question. If Jesus is walking with us, why in the world would we try to carry the pains of life on our own? In the book of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 30, Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy. When you link up with me, I'm not trying to oppress you. I'm not trying to control you. I'm just trying to lead you to the best place that I know how to lead you. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And with me, you will find rest for your souls. Can you be Jesus for me? Because when we walk with Jesus, can you pick up as many of those bags as you can? When we walk with Jesus he says that his burden is light the burdens of life are heavy and plentiful but he says that his burden is light and when we walk with Jesus we get to trade our pain for his joy and his peace hallelujah we get to trade our sorrows for his joy and when we walk with him, Jesus said, I'll take the heavy stuff. You take the light stuff. He says, I'll take the painful stuff. You give me your burdens. I'll give you my, my stuff because my stuff is the fruit of the spirit. My stuff will give you joy and peace and rest. Because when we give him our stuff, and we take on his stuff, now he can do something through us. See, when I had that bag in my hand, I didn't have the freedom to truly flow in what God had called me to do. But now I can encourage somebody. Now I can lead somebody to him. Now I can transform lives. And that's the reason why we need to forgive. We got to remember that we're never alone. And I don't know about you, but I can do bad by myself. But I don't want to do bad by myself. I want to do good with Jesus. He's the way maker. He's the miracle worker. He's the light in the darkness. And when life gets pretty dark, he's there to light it up for you. Amen. He can carry the load, y'all. He can carry the load. Thank you, Minister Stephen. Jesus can carry the load. And the third reason that we need to forgive is we need to forgive because we'll need Christ and others' forgiveness in the future. I've already alluded to this a bit earlier, but let's go to the text. Matthew 6, 14 through 15 says, for if other people... When they sin against you, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you not, if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive you. I'm going to read that again. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father, God, your father, God, will not forgive you your sins. He says, if we can't forgive, God won't forgive us. And simply put, 
We don't get the benefit of forgiveness when we for refuse to forgive. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be on that side of God. I don't want to be on the side where he isn't forgiving, but he's judging. And so we have to know and understand that we have to forgive. Why? Because forgiveness is not optional when we choose to follow Christ. It is the standard of a follower of Christ. Here's the second thing we need to know and remember is that forgiveness is not denying the pain that someone caused you. But it's saying, I won't let what you did keep me from experiencing God's best. And here's the last thing in this category of why we need to forgive. It's not, it's not returning to a relationship without significant changes. Listen, it's, it's letting go when boundaries have been violated. If people can't respect your boundaries, if they can't respect you, we do not have an obligation to keep them in our lives. We can forgive people and not force ourselves to live in their altered realities. But we have to share with them the love of God. And y'all, the love of God looks like forgiveness. So let's hear from our senior pastor as he shares with us how to forgive. Amen. Come on, give Pastor E a hand, y'all. Wonderful. Amen. My God. What a preacher. What a preacher. We thank the Lord for God's grace. I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, you can forgive. And in forgiveness, you refuse to seek revenge. I'm not going to get even. A lot of us want to get even. Come on, amen. I can't wait until I get a chance. I'm gonna, you already have it in your mind what you're going to say, how you're going to respond. We want justice for everybody else, but we want forgiveness for ourselves. Come on, amen. We want, we, want, we want revenge for everybody else when they hurt us, but we want grace when it comes to us. No, no, no. Here's what the Bible says in Romans 12, 19. Never avenge yourselves. Leave that to God. For he has said that he will repay those who deserve it. He knows how to do that. And when you hold resentment, amen, in your hand, you allow people to live rent-free in your head. Come on, somebody say, no, you can't live in my head. You can't live in my heart. And, and you allow people to continually hurt you of what they did yesterday. You let that hurt continue to hurt you day after day after day in the moment right now. So don't do that, amen? Refuse revenge. Here's the other one. You respond with righteousness. And you refuse to have revenge, and you respond with righteousness. Here's what the Bible says in Luke 6, 27 and 28. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you, and or pray for those who mistreat you. Oh, Jesus said that. Jesus said those are hard, those are hard things to do. He says pray for them. Now, in order for you to do that, the only way you're going to do that is you've got to be full of the love of Jesus. You've got to, because you can't do it with your love. Come on, turn to your neighbor and tell you, your love ain't enough. It ain't enough. It ain't enough. You need a supernatural power to love people, particularly who have hurt you, who have abused you, who have lied on you, amen, and, and, and God wants you to be able to forgive. Forgiveness is not cheap, although it is free. Come on, amen. It is not, it is free, but it ain't cheap. It costs Jesus his life. And listen, it's going to cost you yours too. So in order to forgive, you got to give up some stuff. 
You're going to have to, amen, let some things go. It's going to cost you. You've got to refuse to seek revenge. You've got to respond with righteousness. And you've got to rinse and repeat as long as it is required. Rinse and repeat. Say that with me. Rinse and repeat. You got to rinse and repeat. Amen. Uh, forgiveness is not a one time thing. Well, I forgave him once. No, you're going to have to forgive some folk over and over again on sometimes the same offense. You've let it go, but guess what? Sometimes it'll creep. They may even appropriate something like they did before, and you're going to find yourself having to constantly go back to the, to the blood, go back to the cross, go back to your own prayer life, and say, Lord, help me. Amen. Because you. I thought it was gone. I thought I had let it go, but it's still there. It's okay. It doesn't mean that you're not a Christian. It just means you're human. And what you're going to have to do is know that it's not a one-time thing. It is, I'm committed to this until I see a change, until the hurt inside of me is gone. You say, Pastor, how long do I need to do that? As long as the hurt is there, as long as the, their name comes up, Whenever you see a man, the person, a man, you feel a certain thing, your blood pressure goes up, you still got to constantly keep forgiving. Come on, amen. But there will come a day, listen to me, there will come a day where you will be able not to feel what you feel towards them. Amen. Peter asked this question in um, Matthew 18, 21 and 22. He says, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? He says, seven times? No, Jesus said. He replied, what? 70 times 7. He says, no, 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 no. You know, see, Peter thought he was getting over on Jesus. Jesus, the atonement, which, which is the Jewish, um, it's not the law, but it is an, it's an addendum to the law that the, that the uh, Jewish scholars came up with to help them to live out the law. How do we appropriate the law? So they wrote the atonement, and in the atonement it says, you only got to forgive somebody three times. So Peter said, Jesus, how many times should I forgive? I know the atonement says three, amen, but I'm going, is it seven? See, Peter is trying to, to one-up on Jesus. He says, uh, I, I know it says three times, so I'm going to double that to six and add one for good measure. Seven. Jesus says, no, no, Peter, I know you're trying to be impressive. I know you're trying to look like you got it all together, amen, but no, no, it's not seven times, son. It's 70 times seven. The issue is, the issue is, there's no limit to it. Because some of y'all are still trying to count. Now, already, I'm already at 400. <laughs> the forgiveness is, is not for us to have to count, amen? And, and as I said earlier, Peter says, how many times should I forgive my brother? My brother, some translations say uh, somebody or someone, but the actual uh, word that he uses is, how many times I have to forgive my brother? Because the hardest people to forgive are the people that you live with, are the people that raised you, are the people, a man, who you married at the altar for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health, to love and cherish, amen, and there'll come a day when all those vows will be tested and want to know, will you continue to love them? Can, can you say amen, somebody? The only way to erase relational debt that someone owes you is forgiveness. You're going to have to learn how to forgive. So here's the question. Who are you blaming for your pain? If you're still blaming people, you got some work to do in the area of forgiveness. Are you bitter towards anybody? If you got blaming and bitterness, you got some work to do in the area of forgiveness. Do you have any behavior that you have that's different towards somebody? Amen. That means you got some work to do because you shouldn't feel what you feel about the people who you, amen, come in contact with. You got two options. One, you can rehearse the hurt or you can release the hurt. 
You can rehearse it or you can release it. And the choice is yours. My brothers and sisters, we need to do that. Now, I, I didn't know Erica was going to have an illustration. I got some illustrations. You know, I, we got it. This is an illustration Sunday. Come on, amen. Amen. You know, when, when I was a child, I used to love to play games. How many of y'all love games? Amen. I used to love playing games. In fact, I love one of my favorite songs back in the day was the Spinners. Amen. The games people play. Come on, amen. I, I used to love the games because I learned how to have relationship with people, how to reconcile broken relationships with people over the games that I played. Amen. And so it's important for us to kind of look at it. So one of my favorite games, if you would, if you want to call it that, is Legos. I used to love playing Legos. 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 Come on. The Legos taught me so much about love and relationships. It, it, because we got to make and seek connections. Come on. It taught me how to keep, make and seek connections with people. Amen. Uh, and and that's, what, that's what Legos taught me. Amen. As, as we go forth. Now, those who are doing the notes, I'm already past the scripture. I'm on point number one. All right. Now, the, 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 the Legos helped me to do that. Amen. How I organize. Amen. My Legos. I could build high. Amen. And if you can make connections, you can go high in your relationship with people. You can, you can take it and do some great things. Every Lego creation starts with a vision. And hopefully you have a vision for the relationships you have in your life. Amen. It's important for you to do that, to have a vision. I believe God gives us a vision, amen, for beautiful relationships. And what we've got to do is make connections with people. You're never going to be able to build a life of relationship with people if you stay disjointed from people, if you're angry with people, if you're suspicious, if you're distrustful. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody. Turn to your neighbor and tell us, is he talking about you this morning? You'll never be able to go high. You'll never be able to live your best life and be all that God has called you to be because he has called us to be a part of the body of Christ. And if you want to go higher, you're not going to go higher by yourself. You're going to have to go higher because you're standing on someone else's shoulders. You need somebody else's help. Amen. And the people often, amen, who can help us the most are the people who may have hurt us the most. And so what we've got to do is learn how to forgive so that we can go higher. How many of y'all want to go higher? Come on, you want to go higher? The, the, the secret to Legos is connection, and relationships are building blocks of a marriage, building blocks of a family, building blocks of a church, building blocks of an organization, of a school, of a community, of a world. A properly placed brick builds strength, amen, and the more it's connected, the stronger it is. Some of you right now are weak in your life because you're not connected to anybody. Right now, you're flailing in your life. You're falling in your life. You're not being sufficient in your life. You're not being productive in your life because you're standing all alone, and you need to be connected with people. And you're holding people today hostage for what somebody did to you last year or five years or 10 years ago. Give the people who God is bringing in your life the opportunity to show you who they are. And don't misjudge them by what someone else did to you in the past. Make hold. Holy Ghost connections. Somebody ought to give God some praise in this house. These connections don't happen by accident. You have to be intentional. Some of you all, listen to me, you're going to have to be intentional about building relationships with people and making connections so that you can be all that God has called you to be. I used to love to play Legos. Amen. I love to play Legos. Amen. And be able to do it. Now, if you built something with somebody and it's all messed up, Amen. And it's not the way it ought to be. 
Listen, you got a chance to rearrange. The reason why I love Legos is that if my building didn't come together like I wanted it to, I can tear it apart and I can reconstruct it. Some of y'all right now need to reconstruct some of the relationships you have in your life. You didn't like the way it was going. It was going in a way where it was leaning. It wasn't connecting the way it needed to, to, to connect. So you can rebuild and restructure. Somebody give God praise for Legos. My other, the other type of um, game that I used to like to play, if you can call it a game, is I used to love to play with Play-Doh. I used to love Play-Doh, 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 nice, Beautiful Play-Doh. Developed by a teacher and a wallpaper cleaning company in 1954. There are over one, two billion pounds of Play-Doh on the earth right now, all over the place. Amen? And if we had all the Play-Doh, it can wrap around the earth four times. Amen? All the Play-Doh. Amen? And it's beautiful. It's the best con uh, combination of firm and soft. Firm and sticky. Like in a marriage or like in a relationship, what makes it work is that you are not the same. Come on, Amen? You are some, one of y'all is a little hard, one of you a little sticky, one of you a little soft. Come on, y'all. If, if I'm not talking about you, amen, just... You, 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 your, your differences make you special, amen? And, and you need each other. You, you need his firmness and you need her softness to create something new and something that's going to, amen, be a beautiful relationship. See, being a Play-Doh person or, or in a relationship doesn't mean you're wishy-washy or weak or gullible, but it means that you can be molded and shaped. Because in any relationship, you're going to have to make sure it can be molded and shaped into what you want it to be. Right now, if your relationships are not what they wanted to be, amen, Plato taught me, amen, that I can reshape it. I've been married 35 years at the end of this month. And me and my wife, I had to reshape our relationship many times. What we call renegotiating the covenant of our marriage. Come on, amen. Because what I needed at one stage of my life in marriage, I didn't need later. And what she needed, amen, at one stage when we were in our 20s and our 30s, we don't need now in our 50s. And I, may, I, I believe that when we get into our 60s, we're going to need another adjustment. Somebody ought to give God some praise. Plato, Plato is wonderful and it's beautiful about a relationship because it is durable. You can squeeze it. You can mash it. You can squash it. You can pull it. You can roll it. You can cut it. And in your relationship, you're going to have to be flexible because some of y'all keep trying to do the same thing you did 20 years ago. But life has changed. The people have changed. You have changed. And you're going to have to be durable. It can withstand the harsh pulling of life. And that's why I love Plato, amen, because it teaches me about relationships. It can withstand. No matter how I pull it, no matter what I do, it even pulled apart, it can always come back together and be just like brand new. In fact, the more you beat Plato, the smarter it gets, the more flexible it gets, the stronger it gets. Can somebody say amen out there? Amen. That the hard places of life, amen, that we go through in relationships can actually be the places that we grow the best. Do you hear me today? My wife and I are better at 35 years married, not because we've, amen, had a wonderful, a wonderful experiences every day. It has been the hard times. It has been the difficult times. It has been the stiff times that has actually allowed us to appreciate our right now. Y'all don't hear me today. When we sit and talk about our life and look over our 35 years, yeah, we talk about the beauty that we've experienced in our life, amen, but we, amen, also, amen, spend a lot of time thanking God for the victories that we overcame in the setbacks, in the heartaches, in the pain that we endured. 
in our life. The financial setbacks, raising a son with special needs, the breast cancer she went through, the heart surgery that I went through, uh, learning to compromise when we could not all come together. Amen? And, and when you've been pulled apart, smashed, and squeezed, amen, I promise you, you're going to be stronger for it. See, Plato is best when it's fresh. Amen? It's fresh. So you want to make sure it's covered. So my wife and I, through Plato, have learned we need to cover one another. It's not just my, it's not just my responsibility to cover her as the husband. She also has to cover me. And like Eve was called to be the helpmeet of Adam, I thank God for my helpmeet, Tabitha. Amen? Because if you don't cover it, if you don't keep it, it will get stiff. And we don't want relationships to get stiff and hard and not be what they need to be. The other thing I love about Plato is that even they are they're different, amen, different colors. I used to take Plato and pull it together and mix it together long enough, and if you played with it long enough, amen, it would turn into a whole nother color. If I had orange and I had green, if I played with it, it would turn, well, yellow and, and green, it would turn into orange. Y'all don't hear me that. If I had some other colors and if I played with this long enough, I can make this purple because the Bible says the two shall become one flesh, but it doesn't happen overnight. It happens over time as you become like Plato. I love Plato. And I like, I know there's, another, there's, another, there's another one. Amen. I also like yo-yos. Come on, amen. Amen. I like yo-yos. And some of y'all, amen, you got to learn how to let some stuff go. Pastor E has already said you got to let some stuff go. You can't hold it. You got to let it go. In order for it to be able to be free and to be all that it needs to be, you got to let some stuff go. Can somebody say amen out there? Amen. And then, and then here's my other one. Amen. I, 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 love, I love all of that. The other one is the Rubik's Cube. Amen. And I love the Rubik's Cube, amen? 43 quadrillion combinations. That's 43 with 18 zeros behind it, combinations. And in every marriage, in every relationship, parent-child relationship, uh, friend relationship, marriage relationship, there are so many combinations. And you got to find what works for you. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so some right now, some of y'all are out of alignment. You're not where you need to be. Just keep working on it. Just keep turning. Just keep making it work. Make the right moves to solve the problems that you're in right now. You can make the right moves to solve the problems that you're in. Because Rubik's Cube told me there's no problem we cannot overcome. And the final toy that I love to play with is in my, my old Bobo clan. Um, David, if you don't mind bringing that out to me here today. I I love the Bobo clown. I, be, I loved him. Now, I don't have Bobo, but I got Spider-Man right now, and we used to love to play with this. But when I was playing with this toy, it let me know, amen, how relationships work. Thank you, David. Amen. Because sometimes in relationships, you get knocked down. Sometimes in relationships, things don't go right. But somehow, if the relationship has a firm foundation, if the relationship is built on the solid rock of Christ, if the relationship is built on the Word, if the relationship is built on love, if the relationship is built on mutual respect, no matter how hard life hits you, no matter how many things that you may have, you will always come back. Somebody ought to give God some praise in this house because there is no relationship, there is no relationship that cannot be restored. We just took communion, which is a great illustration, amen, that the Lord Jesus gave us that we do every month here at Peace Baptist Church. But what it tells us that there is no relationship that cannot be severed. Now, every relationship doesn't need to go back to what it used to be. Just because you forgive doesn't mean that you go back to what it used to be. That has to be firmed up with trust. 
and the person has to, amen, be repentive. The person has to sometimes pay restitution if that's, a, if that's something that needs to be done. And they need to be able to show that they are really, um, if you would, uh, I'm, I'm doing something different. They're going to act and respond differently. Amen. So every relationship is not going to come back together the way it used to be. There are some relationships that will never be what they used to be because the offense and the pain that was caused was so deep that it in some way permanently damaged the ability to connect once again. Yes, there's some of you all who've gone through horrendous pain and horrendous hurt. We are not here today to tell you, just let it go. People say, forgive and forget. That's not in the Bible. Because there are some hurts that we cannot forget. But there is a Christ whose blood was shed, whose spirit has been given, who can cause you to have not something to, if you would, forget, but he can replace the hurt with his love. He can replace the hurt with his presence. He can, he can replace the love with new relationships of people to bring, that you bring into your life that will never take away you forgetting because you know what they did. I'm not, trying to act, not trying to get you to act like something didn't happen or that you didn't hurt. They did hurt you. That doesn't mean that you need to bring them back into your relationship. What it means is, what it means is you got to get it out of your heart. So you can be what Pastor E talked about. You can be all that God has called you to be. You can become all that God has decreed and declared and you ought to be in the earth and not let anybody or anything hold you down. How long should I forgive? How many times shall I forgive? Jesus says seven times 70. Forgiveness is not a one-time act. It's something we do over and over and over again until the hurt goes, until the pain is released. Now, my brothers and my sisters, that's what God has called us to do today. And if you're here today and you need that forgiveness, amen, um, first of all, from Jesus Christ because of your own sin and you're not a Christian, we're going to invite you to give your life to Christ today. Thank you for joining us today. If you're ready to take the next step in your journey with Christ, we want to celebrate with you. We also have some resources to help you on your journey. To find out more about Peace Baptist Church, head over to our website at thisispeace.org. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Thanks for listening. Peace.